This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Wednesdays, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. Uh, reminder, I will be live tonight the minute that the Republican debate ends. The Republican debate taking place in the Ronald Reagan Library in Southern California. The minute that that debate ends, I will be live with all of you uh, breaking down what we saw during that two-hour debate. That'll be 11 o'clock Eastern tonight, 10 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Pacific, live with all of you breaking down the absolute latest as uh, we see it and uh, what we learned, if anything, from the Republican debate that is happening tonight. So just a reminder, live right here, same places. You'll be able to see it live on YouTube. You'll be able to see it live on uh, Twitter. You'll be able to see it live on Facebook, I think. Everywhere that you can watch and or listen to this show now, uh, I will be live tonight. But we begin. I got a bunch of different stuff to hit you tonight, uh, today, this afternoon. Uh, college football gambling picks. Every Wednesday, I give you my 15 winners for college football. Uh, Disney stock has plummeted below $80 today. Joe Biden, $260,000 to Hunter Biden with Joe Biden's address as the location there. Uh, Target is shutting down stores because of too much theft. Uh, The Republican debates tonight, I'll analyze a little bit, give you a little bit of a preview. And Mel Tucker has been fired indefensibly so, I believe, based on a clear reading of the evidence. But We start with 15 winners. And for everybody out there who uh, wonders, we are sitting right now at, I believe it is 30 and 25 on the year uh, with a 55% winning percentage. We are doing okay. Uh, We went seven and six last week, uh, seven, six, and one to be fair. uh, And we continue to roll. Let me give you 15 winners uh, and also a little bit of preview for what's coming up this weekend. Uh, Utah at Oregon State, I'm on the under. Look, uh, Utah still does not have camerizing. This defense, it it might be the best defense in all of college football. They gave up 14, uh, sorry, they only scored 14 points against UCLA last week. One of those was a defensive score. The offense is is woeful right now without camerizing. But my goodness, the defense dominates every game that it's in. Even on the road against Oregon State, I think good defenses will travel. I think Kyle Whittingham's Utah team keeps this one under the number, under 45.5. Penn State, I think, is going to blow out Northwestern. Northwestern had a great comeback out of nowhere in the fourth quarter, managed to win in overtime. Congratulations, Northwestern, which is dealing with the tumult surrounding Pat Fitzgerald. But, and the firing of Pat Fitzgerald in the offseason right before the season started, Penn State is on fire. They gave up under 80 yards of total offense, only four first downs to Utah last weekend in Happy Valley. I think Penn State is going to dominate. 
I've got them covering in this game. I think they may shut out Northwestern. Uh, Nittany Lions, I think, win 38-7. Kansas on the road against Texas. Did you know the Jayhawks are now 4-0, coming off of a win over BYU? Good BYU team that went on the road, by the way, and beat Arkansas. Kansas, big underdog on the road at Texas. Why do I like Kansas? Well, I think they're pretty good. They're sitting at 4-0. They're undefeated on the year. They have no pressure. They're going on the road against Texas. But also, trap game. Texas has got to get ready for Oklahoma. Oklahoma is also undefeated. The Red River rivalry shootout, uh, which I continue to call a shootout. I think they've tried to take that word out of the equation. Um, I think Kansas is in a good spot, likely to be overlooked to a certain extent. I've got Kansas plus the points. My blood bank guarantee Tap the veins, boys and girls. I think Kentucky beats Florida by 10 points. Kentucky has won two in a row against Florida. They're about to make it three in a row. I don't think that Florida, if you stop Etienne, I don't think they have much of an offense. I don't believe that offense travels very well. We already saw him travel and not perform well against Utah. I think that Kentucky is the superior offensively talented team. Should be an electric environment in Lexington. Tap the veins, boys and girls. I like for Kentucky to cover this number to win by double digits. Texas A&M and Arkansas. Texas A&M just lost their quarterback for the rest of the season. Johnson is now stepping in. Uh, He's played a lot over the years in the SEC, so he's not an unknown caliber quarterback. Uh, But this game against Arkansas has been crazy. Uh, A&M has won 10 of the last 11. Last year, Arkansas missed what should have been a very makeable field goal that would have won the game. Instead, they lost. So what happens? I like Arkansas plus the points even before we knew that Connor Wegman was out for the rest of the season. Clemson on the road at Syracuse. Clemson coming off a tough loss at Death Valley. Syracuse, a lot of people don't realize, undefeated. Syracuse has played Clemson very well as a uh, ACC foe goes during the midst of what has been a... uh, Uh, the dynasty for Clemson, I think that Syracuse plus the seven has a good chance to win outright, keeps it close. SC at Colorado, obviously massive amounts of attention surrounding Deion Sanders. Uh, Colorado got absolutely whipped by uh, Oregon in that game, 42-6. It was 35-0 at halftime. Now USC is going on the road at Colorado. Buffaloes get to come back home. USC doesn't have very good defense. And that might just continue to be the Achilles heel of Lincoln Riley. Constantly good offenses. Caleb Williams, best quarterback alongside of Drake May in all of college football. I think those are one, two. They'll score points, but I think they're also going to give up a lot of points, which is why I've got Colorado plus 21 and a half, just as everybody is jumping off the bandwagon. Uh, Indiana at Maryland. Maryland's 4-0. They've been dominating opponents. Coming off the road win, easy cover against Michigan State. I like Maryland to cover the 14 against Indiana. Indiana had to go to overtime against Akron. Not a very good football team sitting at 2-2. Georgia. I think Georgia's going to blow out Auburn. Say, okay, why do you think that, Clay? Auburn, as they have started to play against talented defenses, just doesn't have the quarterback play or the offensive weapons right now in year one of Hugh Freeze to be able to score very many points. Uh, So I think Georgia will probably hold Auburn to 14 or fewer points. And I think Georgia will put up 35. I like Georgia 35-14 in this football game to cover the 14 and a half. 
uh, Michigan at Nebraska. I like Nebraska plus the big numbers. Matt Rule's team has won two in a row. Michigan hasn't been scoring a lot of points. They have a good defense, but they haven't been scoring a lot of points. I like Nebraska to cover the 17.5 at home, keep this game tight late. Missouri. You know, there's only three undefeated SEC teams right now. Georgia, Missouri, and Kentucky. Missouri has won against FBS opponents at home. They beat uh, MTSU by four, Middle Tennessee State by four, Kansas State by three, Memphis by seven. All of those games were at home. And now you're telling me that they're going to be a 14-point favorite on the road at Vanderbilt? I just don't see it. I like Vanderbilt plus the 14. I think Missouri wins, but Vanderbilt plus 14. LSU at Ole Miss. I like Ole Miss to win this game outright. I like Ole Miss plus the points uh, in this one. I think Lane Kiffin's team beats LSU. They didn't play that well in the second half against Alabama, uh, but LSU was fortunate to get past Arkansas. I think LSU is just a good, not a great team. And oftentimes you have to be great to go on the road and win against quality teams in the SEC. I like Ole Miss to win this one outright. This is one that I've spent a lot of time thinking about. South Carolina is a 12.5 or 13-point underdog, depending on where you are looking right now, at Tennessee. Spencer Rattler completed 16 straight passes last week against Mississippi State. He also uh, scored, led to 63 points last year in Columbia, South Carolina in the 63-38 to win that the Gamecocks put up against Tennessee. I understand this is a major revenge game. I don't see how, having watched, remember, South Carolina went on the road and played well against uh, Georgia. We're up, what was it, 14-3 to at the half, if I'm not mistaken, didn't score in the entirety of the second half, but worth pointing out that they played and dominated for a half against Georgia. I just, I look at this game and I haven't seen anything so far that suggests Tennessee is going to beat South Carolina by two or more touchdowns. Now, if you're nervous about betting this one, I certainly understand it because usually when there is a line that stinks to the high heavens, Vegas is understanding that all the money is going to be on South Carolina. And Vegas isn't in the business of losing money very often. Uh, So in this game, uh, as you break it all down, the reason why this exists is it's Neyland Stadium at night. It's a revenge game. South Carolina has not been able to run the football. Uh, They haven't been able to stop the run. That's not a recipe for a great deal of success. So what Vegas is telling you is not just that Tennessee is going to win. It's that they are going to completely, the Vols are, blow out South Carolina. And we'll have to see whether or not that ends up being true. Uh, But in the meantime, based on what I've seen on the field, Tennessee hasn't looked like they're going to blow anybody out. Uh, So I am on South Carolina plus the points. Notre Dame at Duke. This is the game day game. Uh, Duke gets the opportunity to host for college football, not for college basketball, a big game. I've got Duke plus five and a half. Uh, Notre Dame coming off of as tough of a loss as you can possibly imagine. Legitimately, I don't think you can come up with a tougher loss. And now you have uh, a raucous home crowd for Duke, which is undefeated. Obviously got the huge win in week one against Clemson. Have proven that that was not a fluke by playing well since. I think Duke wins this one outright. Covers the five and a half, but I like Duke as the underdog. 
We'll be right back. Got to take a little break here. We are rolling without kicking. You don't want to miss a moment. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Alabama at Mississippi State. Um, all right, here is the, uh, the 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 challenge on this. Alabama at Mississippi State. I don't think Mississippi State's that great. Just went on the road and lost by seven to South Carolina. Lost, uh, got blown out basically by LSU at home. But I also don't think Alabama's offense is that good. So 15 and a half is a really big road favorite for the Alabama Crimson Tide. I'm going to take Mississippi State plus the 15 and a half here. So those are my 15 gambling picks. Uh, We're going 15 and 0. Tap the veins, boys and girls. Get hooked up now with what I think is going to be a very good weekend of gambling. I'll give you my NFL picks tomorrow as we get ready for NFL Week 4. Okay, Uh, let's get into a couple of these stories. Mel Tucker has been fired officially at Michigan State. And Michigan State put out a statement explaining why they fired him. They said that Mel Tucker brought ridicule to the program, uh, that they were firing Tucker for cause, because his admitted and undisputed behaviors have brought public disrespect, contempt, and ridicule upon the university, constitute a material breach of his agreement, and moral turpitude. Uh, That means that Tucker would not be paid the $79 million remaining on his contract. Um, I got to be honest with you. It's crazy. All right, if you want to fire Mel Tucker because you don't think that he has done well enough as a coach. I understand that. That's your right. To fire him and not allow him to be paid over a what I believe all the evidence suggests was a consensual phone sex call, it's madness. Um, and uh, if the standard for firing someone and engaging in moral turpitude is phone sex, you're telling me that a 36-minute phone call that was one of 27-minute, 27, 30 minutes or longer phone calls. Look, this woman wanted a relationship with Mel Tucker. And when he decided to call off their uh, relationship, their phone interactions, doesn't appear there was anything physical here. When he decided to call off this relationship, she lost her mind. Okay. Uh, And I believe at that point in time, she was out for vengeance. She felt and she was a woman wronged in her mind. And what you are doing is encouraging this. She wasn't an employee of Michigan State. She spoke one time on the university campus. I am just, I'm disappointed, not surprised, but disappointed by how many people in sports media haven't been willing to point out that Mel Tucker is getting railroaded and that this is a total BS allegation. And the reason why most people in sports media haven't said anything about this is because they're afraid if they point this out that they're going to become targets. 
there's a lot of cowardice in the world of media. And so guys and girls out there who work in media and know that this is a total sham allegation, they're all afraid of saying something. 36-minute phone sex call, 27 different calls lasting longer than 30 minutes. Let me ask you this. How many of you have been in 27 phone calls lasting longer than 30 minutes in the past year and a half or so with the same person? I haven't. I haven't even close. That sounds miserable to me. 27 different phone calls of over 30 minutes every single time you get on the phone? This was a relationship. This woman wanted to be his girlfriend. When Mel Tucker decided to cut off the relationship, she retroactively decided to claim that she had been offended by a phone sex call. She would have never said a word. She texted him, Happy Father's Day, two months after this alleged phone call. Michigan State is making an indefensible decision here, and everybody who is staying quiet about this Mel Tucker situation is trying to prevent themselves from being a target. They're not worried about the truth. They're not worried about honesty. They are concerned about whether or not they are going to end up being targeted. As I am speaking to you right now, Disney stock has fallen below $80 a share again. This is now a new low that is being set by Disney stock nearly, nearly where it was uh, back in February of 2014. Think about how crazy this is. If you had bought Disney stock in February of 2014 and you hadn't done a single thing in the ensuing nine and a half months, nine and a half years, except sit on that stock, you have now got a stock worth less than when you purchased it. That's pretty unbelievable. Okay, think about this. Disney is in absolute disarray. ESPN's collapsing. People aren't going to the theme parks. Nobody's going to watch the movies. They just had to shut down the Star Wars uh, Star Wars uh, hotel, which they never shut down at Disney World. They got into a political battle, and their entire brand has gotten tanked, such that Disney is now saying, oh, we don't want to be involved in politics. Ron DeSantis cleaned their clock. And remember, Disney picked a fight with Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis actually opened Disney World and kept them able to make money for a year in Florida when California wasn't allowing Disneyland to open up. This is a perfect approximation of what happens when you get woke. You go broke. And now Disney is suing for peace. Nine and a half years. Think about inflation. People say, oh, what about dividends? You've lost real money if you have been holding Disney stock for the last nine and a half years. That's pretty extraordinary. I'm surprised that this isn't a bigger story. And by the way, I'm surprised there hasn't been a class action lawsuit filed against Disney for deciding to get involved in politics and tanking the brand in the process. What's Bob Iger doing? Bob Iger has made hundreds of millions of dollars to be the CEO of Disney, and the stock price is now below where it was in 2014. I don't know how this goes. I don't know where it goes from here. Um, Joe uh, Biden. 
evidence yesterday was released showing that Hunter Biden took $260,000 in payments from Chinese Communist Party officials and used the wiring address as Joe Biden's home address for where that $260,000 should be attributed. Uh, The argument that has been out there for a long time, that Hunter Biden did things and that somehow Joe Biden was not aware is not supported by the evidence. There is abundant evidence that Joe Biden was involved in the Biden crime family. And let me just compare the Menendez situation, senator from New Jersey, who has been charged with multiple felonies and just posted bail today, with the Joe Biden situation. Robert Menendez's wife used to be his girlfriend, fiance, now wife. She did basically the same thing as Hunter Biden for Menendez, except she only accepted a tiny share of the dollars that Hunter Biden got. Um, what do we got? She got gold bars. Hunter Biden got a 3.2 carat diamond worth $80,000. Let me just ask you this. How many of you that have not gotten engaged have ever been given a jewel as a present? Like just a big three plus carat diamond. It's a pretty good sign that you're engaged in illicit behavior because the diamond is harder to figure out the worth for tax purposes. It's super shady. Hunter Biden got a luxury car bought for him by foreign interest. It actually cost twice as much as the Mercedes luxury vehicle that the Menendez family had bought for them. The Menendez family supposedly got $480,000, I think is the amount of dollars that they were alleged to have been paid. We know that the Hunter Biden family, the Biden crime family, got over $20 million in payments. Nine different members of the Biden crime family were paid by foreign interests from China, Ukraine, and other countries. Robert Menendez and his wife are accused of a pinprick of the seriousness of what Hunter and Joe Biden are accused of. And the evidence continues to pile up that Joe Biden has engaged in criminal behavior himself, and every single day, more Americans become convinced of that truth. Target, I saw this story this morning uh, in the Wall Street Journal. There's so much, so many issues now with theft, and a lot of you probably saw the Philadelphia mass looting that went on last night. This stuff didn't happen before George Floyd and before BLM protests started. We didn't see mass looting of stores like continues to go on here as we sit in 2023. Uh, Target is closing nine stores, citing theft as the reason in uh, locations in East Harlem, uh, in San Francisco, Seattle, and Portland, Oregon. They are shutting, this is Target, stores in left-wing Democrat locales because crime is skyrocketing and no one is enforcing the law and now they're having to shut down the stores. And this ultimately is a major hit to the people that actually live in these communities and either want to legally shop there or work there. It can be hard in inner city neighborhoods to find good jobs 
that pay respectable salaries that are not requiring you to take long trips to get to those locations. The ultimate loser here is people who live in these communities because it has been determined by the Soros-backed prosecutors that it is racist to enforce the law. The result is inner cities have become overrun with crime, both serious murder and rape and assault and less serious in nature, theft, shoplifting. They won't enforce the law. The amazing thing is here, Joe Biden, maybe the thing he got the most right in his career was the 1994 crime bill. And then when he ran for president in 2020, he renounced it and said it had been a bad decision. It was actually, arguably, the only thing Joe Biden may have gotten right in his entire political career. This is sad. I feel bad for the people in these communities who want to be able to shop at these stores who want to be able to have access to them. But these are Democrat cities. These are Democrat neighborhoods where the lack of police and the lack of enforcement of the law is leading to these closings. Again, East Harlem in Manhattan. Uh, you look at all of these locations. East Harlem in, uh, in Manhattan, San Francisco, Seattle, and Portland. These are left-wing locations, left-wing cities, run by Democrats, overrun with crime. Uh, finally, the Republican debate is tonight. I told you I will react live to the debate tonight at 11 Eastern, 10 Central, 9 Mountain, 8 o'clock Pacific. The moment that debate ends, you will be able to watch me live on all the different platforms out there where Outkick the Show is distributed. Certainly, I'll be talking about it tomorrow on Clay and Buck as well. But what I would say in general is worth paying attention to. The only question that matters, the only one, to keep this in mind as you watch, everybody needs to drop out as soon as they know they have no chance to be the nominee. That's my personal opinion. Uh, Doug Burgum, no, uh, of the people that are on the stage, if you're not on the stage, you should drop out. You have a 0% chance of ever being the nominee and probably you have 0% support overall. Doug Burgum, 0% chance. Mike Pence, 0% chance. Based on what I have seen so far, Tim Scott, 0% chance. Uh, and certainly, uh, the only three people that probably think they have a chance right now, Vivek Ramaswamy, um, uh, Ron DeSantis, and Nikki Haley. At some point, if those guys believe that they really are going to give Trump a run, and they're not just interested in actually trying to be Donald Trump's vice president, everybody needs to drop out, and there needs to be a 1v1 versus Trump. Maybe it doesn't happen until after Iowa. Maybe it doesn't happen until after New Hampshire. But at some point in time, uh, if there is anybody who is going to try to challenge Trump, it has to be 1v1, Okay. Uh, and even then, I'm not sure that Trump would be beaten because Trump has around 50% of the support. 50% goes to every other candidate combined. My suspicion is that Trump would get some of that other 50%. That is, he would be the second choice. But the only way that Trump is not the nominee is if all these people who have no chance of winning acknowledge they have no chance of winning, drop out, and endorse another candidate, and we see whether a head-to-head -head battle 
makes any difference to the monster lead that Donald Trump has right now. I'll be watching tonight. I'll be reacting live. I appreciate all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, 15-0 coming this weekend. Get those bets in. This has been OutKick, the show.